was a fucking knife! What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of the What's That Noise podcast. And yeah, today's episode is once again going to be another solo episode. I'm getting through this a lot faster than I thought I was going to. But I was uh, I had two podcasts that I was going to be ready for this week. And unfortunately, uh, both of those just didn't happen. So, which is totally fine. Uh, I'm sounding like I'm complaining. People have their own lives, things that they got to do, and that's totally fine. But yeah, so we're back on my kind of Crown the Empire series with uh, with Retrograde today. Uh, this, I'm really excited to talk about this one, actually, uh, surprisingly. I, I didn't think that I was going to be. Like I said last week at the end, I didn't know how any of these albums were really going to beat out Sudden Sky for me, but it ended up doing it. Uh, well, not, I wouldn't say beating it out, but It ended up reminding me why I love this album so much. Now, when this album came out, I I believe I was just about to graduate high school. Yeah, 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 2016. I was was just about to graduate high school. Depending on the release date, I might have actually already graduated high school. And I remember this, this, uh, I saw them at Warp Tour this year. It was the first time that I'd seen them and actually really knew who they were. I'd seen them previously... Crown the Empire, I mean, on um, this Hollywood and Dead tour, but I really only knew like the Fallout and like the Johnny series, the first two songs at least, Johnny Ringo and Johnny's Revenge, which we are not going to talk about today. But um, yeah, and uh, so I saw them, and I I remember like as soon as because anybody that's been to Warp Tour knows like they have the time slots of when bands are playing. You usually take a picture of it, and then you run around all day trying to find like you know trying to get into the sets that you really want to see. And this one was one that I knew for certain I didn't want to miss. By this point, I was fucking absolutely head over heels in love with this goddamn band. And uh, I remember we got there and there was nobody there. And so we got front and center. And yeah, they came out and they absolutely crushed that day. And I talked about it last week, but it turned out that it would be one of the last shows that they played with their second vocalist, uh, Dave Escamilla. And so I was glad I got to see that. Um, I got to see them with their original drummer too, Taddy. And yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. I remember at one point, I think it was the solo of the song Machines from the Rise of the Runaways album that uh, their guitarist, Brandon Hoover, I believe, uh, just like walked on top of our heads on the crowd. It was fun. It was a really good show. I fucking, I had a lot of fun. But yeah, so with this album in particular, man, I, uh, yeah, like, it's it's interesting how much nostalgia will play into how much you really enjoy something. And I guess kind of separating yourself from that and coming back and being like, oh, yeah, like I did fucking love this album for, you know, whatever the reason was. But it's also a little bittersweet. Like this was not only was it a huge departure from what they did previously. And as I've explained, that's not necessarily something that I really am like. What's the word I'm looking for? Like super hesitant to listen to when it comes to a band like or to witness when it comes to a band is them changing their genre super heavy. But um, yeah, when they did this album, a lot of people did not like it. I was one of the people that was super on board, whatever. But it's a little bittersweet just that this was the last outing with um, with Dave Escamilla. He's he's a really solid vocalist and he really shined for me through this album. Uh 
and he did through the last ones too, but he really kind of stretched his wings here. There's a lot more of him singing on this album and I think he played guitar through a lot of the songs on this album, but it was yeah, it's this is a great fucking album and I'm excited to get into it. So with uh with that, let's um I think that's pretty much everything that I know about them around that time. Well, no. Actually, yeah, let me let me say this too. This is when they lost their original guitarist, Ben Swade. I can't remember if it was like I think it might have been right before this album came out that he said he was done with the band or right after or like maybe it was when they started the recording process. I don't remember, but I do remember that they didn't have him along anymore. This like the year leading up to this album is really when I got into Crown the Empire for the first time. So my attention was mainly focused on what was my favorite album at the time, The Resistance, Rise of the Runaways. So I don't I don't really I wish I had more information kind of leading up to the release of this. Like I remember Zero coming out and I remember Hologram. These are the two singles uh that came out and yeah, it was really quite what what's the word I'm looking for here? Like it was different, but it was still like kind of on board with them. I really loved both the singles, and yeah, it was just that's pretty much, I think all I gotta say about it. Fuck. All right, so now without further ado, let's get into the album with the intro track SK Six Eight. Now this is a very interesting intro track. It's it's their first venture into something very different compared to how their old intro tracks were. And yeah, it feels very spacey, which is kind of the theme of this whole album. I mean, go figure, the album is called Retrograde, um, which is most commonly associated, at least in the circles that I am involved in, <laughs> with like, you know, like, you hear like, oh, you know, the moon is in retrograde, or this or that. But it feels very much like a sci-fi flick, you know, like it's, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how to explain it past that. It's very piano-based, the, the, the post-production feels very ethereal but it's also very what's the phrase i'm looking for here very simplified compared to like the the big sweeping theatrical anthems of the intro tracks for their first two albums this one is very pulled back um and i think that that's a good indicator for where this album is going it's very different it's not really the same uh, type of shit that we've seen from them before you know so it's it's an interesting um it's an interesting change of pace and uh, lyrically too, it's very short in comparison. It's just three lines, one of which is repeated, and it says, "Walk with me tonight, walk with me tonight to find what's after life." And uh, yeah, this this album has such a weird feeling to it. Uh, it it it's when they really, like I was saying, started to change up their style, but it also is just. It's so separated, not only from the album that came before it, but from the album that came after it, like this album is a very tight album. And what I mean by that is that like this first song that you get SK six, eight or SK dash six, eight, pardon me, which I wish I knew what the fuck that meant. I tried to look it up and I got absolutely nothing except for a, uh, a fucking keyboard. So I really know nothing about what that means, but it's very much like everything feels like it fits in this same theme on this album. Uh, and I mean absolutely everything from not only just the music on this album, the lyrical content, but everything outside of that too. Like the music video for Hologram, the way that they dressed in this time frame, their stage production. It was this really, it's the, um, it's their, like even their album cover. It's, it, it has this like 
kaleidoscope style view. It's mostly this like blue and light blue and then this weird kind of orangish almost. I mean, I hope it's orange. I'm also for those of you who don't know, I'm like partially colorblind. So I, I, I fuck up colors sometimes. So I hope that's what it is. But it's this weird swirling thing that, yeah, just kind of looks like something you'd see in a kaleidoscope. Um, and yeah, it just feels very different, you know, but it all works very in touch like they all like as different as it is it doesn't feel like just a change for the sake of changing like everything fits so well it feels like it had to have been like a planned change like they closed the story that they started on the fallout and finished with the resistance and then they wanted to do something completely new and completely different and every every piece of the air like of this era of this band really does incorporate that uh, maybe I should have included this whole part in the intro, but fuck it. Here we are. Um, yeah, so this is uh, musically. It's very simple. It's very, like I said, very sci fi like, but it's it's a cool intro and it really does kind of match the energy of the rest of the album. So for that, I'm going to have to there's not too much more that I can say. I'm just going to give it a flat out like like a uh, like an eight out of ten. But like it's it's solid still. You know what I mean? Like. I could see people skipping this, but I would listen to it over again, you know, just starting over this album. That's how I like to listen to stuff is front to back in the context of an album. And so, yeah, I, I would rate it probably an eight out of 10, just a flat old hit. You know, it's nothing. It's, it's not like the craziest shit you've ever heard, but it's very interesting. It, it grabs your attention, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, I, I'll stick with that. And next we have the first full song on this album and it is called, are you coming with me? Now, this song is, it starts out really chilled. You know what I mean? You get this, like, intro that bleeds in from the intro track, and there's, uh, I, I think that the, uh, hang on, I'm going to actually look this up real quick. Yeah, so the intro is, um, it's from the 1938 radio drama, The War of the Worlds. And it's we know now that in the early uh, the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man, yet as mortal as its own. And then it just comes in with this killer, super chill. Like, I don't want to say chill. It's an aggressive guitar riff. But um, oof, pardon me. Uh, it's, it's very, what's the word I'm looking for? Punchy. You know what I mean? But it's like it's, it's something you'll nod your head to. And then Andy comes in with the lyrics of the first verse here. Did I find the blood inside my bones reaching out into the great unknown? What a life. And at that part right there, what a life. This really cool thing happens in the post-production. Or I guess just in the background. It's the vocal production. Uh, he says that, the what a life. In the background, you'll hear, what a life, what a life, what a life. Just over and over again. It's cool. They, they got that coming in and out at different points. And it's... Yeah, this this album almost feels eerie again. It feels like the I don't know, man, like like you're opening the door to something you're not supposed to. It's very interesting. The verses are they're fun, they're catchy, and then the I th I believe it's Dave on the pre-choruses and it's very whispered. But he's saying, we have the chance to realize, are we the stars or just the sky? We have the chance to find our eyes. So are you coming with me? And on that last line, he jumps up and just right in your face. And then, bam, the chorus hits. And it's a very fun sing along -y chorus with a bunch of woes and, 
you know, it's 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 a, it's a lot of fun. I don't have too much to say about this song in particular. As much as I do or did used to love this song, and I still do. It's just it's kind of it's just kind of there for me on this one. So I would say that like the best parts of this song for me are the I don't know if it's like the refrain or the second half of the chorus, but uh, the climb the skies and cut her eyes. Uh, golden eyes are better blind. I don't like the lyrical content on this album really is kind of it's it's a step not back, but it's like a step aside from what you'll hear on these later two albums, the ones that I've already done, Sudden Sky and Dogma. It's very much draped in metaphor and this this strange sort of um yeah, I don't know. This the, it takes on this weird like architecture where it's it's kind of just I don't want to say all over the place, but it's just like again, it feels very focused on what the idea of this album is supposed to be, but it's it's so heady, I guess is the good word to use there. Um the bridge on this is cool too. It uh it starts real low down with this really interesting post-production piece and it says I don't know what I'm meant to see, so I'll just hold my breath and wait for gravity. And then everybody comes back in. You've got this tribal-esque drum beat in the background. And it's 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 very much... Um, yeah, what's the word I'm looking for here? It, it's carrying the, the, like, the rebellion vibe from the first two albums, but it's like a whole new coat of paint. You know what I'm saying? If you've listened to this album again, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's very much... At the point, especially, this was very new for metalcore. Everybody was kind of going into what, at the time, everybody was calling just this kind of radio rockish vibe. We were we were kind of getting into a weird, you know. I guess that's kind of the headspace that I'm sure a lot of these bands were in by 2016. I mean, like the quote unquote heydays of like anywhere between 20 2009, I'll say, to like 2013 had passed, and we were kind of in this dip. You know, like the even the warp tour that I saw them on was one of the last warp tours that we ever got. It just like everything felt so like everybody was just trying all this new stuff and some of it worked and some of it didn't. I think this album is a real gem in that. And this song's a good example of why. It's uh like I said, it, it doesn't hit as hard as it used to for me. But it's still a good song. It just um Compared to, I guess, the the first songs on their last two albums, it just didn't grab me this time as uh, as much as everything before and after has. You know, it's it was it was a valiant attempt. You know what I mean? Or efforts to really kind of move forward in this new direction. I commend them for that. This one just kind of sits right in the middle for me. This is one that I used to like just play religiously. Now I think I'd probably not skip, but uh, wouldn't play with as much fervor. You know. So yeah, that's that's Are You Coming With Me. I would probably rate it somewhere in like the, like a reluctant, like I'm, I'm hesitant to put it in, in like a mid range because it is a really good song. It's got a really catchy chorus. It just doesn't hit the same for me as it used to, especially with everything that came after this. Like coming back, it's just, it's just kind of there, you know? So yeah, Are You Coming With Me, I'll rate a reluctant mid. And yeah, next... We have what was one of the big singles from this time, uh, and that is Zero. Now, with this song, man, it really comes in and just smacks you in the mouth, especially after 
Are You Coming With Me? This is the song that I, like, nowadays, I wish they would have opened the album up with because it just, especially for such a change of pace, throwing this song in the very beginning, and I, I see why they made this one a single, I guess. It, it, it ties into what I'm saying here. It's... It's everything that you would have been looking for in Crown the Empire kind of changing and evolving their style. Because while this is still a heavier song and kind of touches back on some of their roots from, ooh, pardon me, these, these, oh my god damn, dude, fuck. I'm just burping. Sorry. I I always sit down with some sort of drink while I'm doing this, so yeah, just I'm burping. But anyway, uh, while it is still heavy and touches on the roots of the first two albums, it's still different enough that it would have made the leap, I feel, a little less aggressive. Now, by this point, I guess still albums weren't doing as much. They weren't like, you know, albums weren't what they used to be even by this point, you know, with I think streaming had just really kind of taken hold around this time. I want to say like probably around like 2015 or 2013. I don't know, man. I, I could just be talking out of my ass. This is all my experience. People were still focused on singles. And I think the, the, the metalcore scene had really kind of still not figured out kind of what they were doing and all this change and everything that just came seemingly out of nowhere. And I, I think that's more the faults of label owners, but well, that's another talk for another day with this song though. You really get the impression of like, Hey, you know, we're we're changing shit up, but we're still sticking to our roots. And it's it's a lot of fun. This song is, like I said, everything you'd be looking for in a Crown the Empire song. You've got this very catchy intro riff with this very interesting post-production that's going on in the background. And then Dave comes out with this fucking his very I would call it a unique scream. Like he doesn't he sounds like him. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it nobody else really comes close to sounding how Dave Escamilla did as a vocalist. And uh, it comes right out with him saying, I'm breaking static, I'm changing my frequency, if I don't speak out, then no one's listening. But I won't live in vain, in vain. And then it hits the chorus, and this chorus is one of the best ones I think that they've ever written still to this day. There are certain songs, granted, this one was a single, they knew it was a killer song, it was a single for a reason, but there are certain songs where when you go and you look back, at, you know some of your favorite bands discography there are certain songs that still stand out just as much as they did the first day and this is definitely one of them like i remember being so excited when i heard this for the first time i was like cool we're getting some like a new style but it's still crown the empire like i can't fucking wait for this album and this was why man it was it was just such a fucking a punch in the mouth, man. And that chorus is super catchy. I'll read the lyrics really quick. It's it's some of my favorite lyrics they've ever done. We stand on the edge wondering, wondering, if I, uh, if I take one step, will I live, will I sink? We're dying for more every day, every day. So count down from 10 and jump when I say zero. And it's, they've got so much going on in this chorus here that really works well for this new energy of Crown the Empire. This song really makes it still feel like they've got that old school energy and it's still there and they're still alive with it. Now, mind you, they've still managed to do that. But, like, especially, I'm trying to put you guys in the headspace of hearing this for the first time, if you, like, or take you back to that as a Crown the Empire fan. You hear those first two albums, you hear this one, you know it's a departure from the music that maybe you've come to love from them around this time, and then they come out with this new style and this song, but it's still, while it's instrumentally, genre-wise, a little bit different, I would say, it still carries that vibe, and it does it super well. I think 
Some of my favorite parts on this song are the the verses, I think. They're they're really catchy for being scream parts, like or pardon me, for being screamed parts. Um which is way more difficult to do than I think people take credit for. Like it's very easy to write a verse with um screams on it and just make it something bam it's there whatever but to get a part stuck in your head because this part is kind of uh, repetitive but not in a bad way it's i think that's kind of what makes it catchy is getting a hook and using it in a way that gets it stuck in people's heads and this does that very 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 well um again you know you get the second verse it's even kind of lyrically the same um but different enough that it, it keeps drawing you back in so we're breaking static just radio frequencies if we don't speak out then no one then there's no one listening is anyone listening to me and there's a part in the song that i love where everything cuts back on that last line the is anyone listening it stops and dave just fucking lets it out with the t- to me and it drops right back into the chorus man so yeah the verses of this song just grab me super heavy um and then the uh, the bridge section is super fun. I've been with these uh, solo podcasts. I think I told you guys last week, but since I'm basically just doing these myself, I uh, I decided fuck it. I would just kind of um, oof, God, I'm sorry, I'm burping a lot today. Fuck. Ugh. Anyway, uh, I decided I would just kind of take some time, listen to it throughout the week, but then also listen to it the day of to give you guys kind of my honest opinion and. Uh, listening to it with my uh, my studio headphones and hearing the different things like with the when the oh my god when the bridge first hits, uh, it's very it's just these loud fucking just rung out sh- uh, strikes on the drum kit and the guitars, and Andy very pulled down very whispery quiet is saying we won't hesitate we won't close our eyes we won't turn away we're taking back our lives. Um, and yeah, it's the way that the vocals move with it is super cool. If you're listening with even just two headphones or both of your headphones on or you're over the ear headphones, whatever, you'll hear that the first one starts on one side, like the right ear, and then it moves on to the left side, whatever. And then when it starts picking back up and they're doing the build and Dave pops in on the top on the right ear, you're still getting Andy on that lower vocal part and then on the left ear you're hearing Dave and they will swap sides sometimes it's a very cool listening experience just little things like that really make this song stand out in such a it, it makes it charismatic like it, it it's almost what's the word I'm looking for here it's almost like a very yeah like a charismatic person just sitting down talking to you and you you can't help but be drawn in by the the energy that they're putting out that's what this song is it's very much a perfect execution of this new era of Crown the Empire, and I love it a lot for that. So yeah, I is there anything else I can really say? I actually do want to touch on seeing this song live. This is what they opened with when I saw them, man. And it starts with uh, everybody comes out except for the singers, and uh, Brandon Hoover starts the song with that catchy ass riff. That's another thing I wanted to talk about. The riff in this song is so mother fucking catchy it's go listen to this song and tell me what you think tell me if you think i'm full of shit or if i'm right but i i I think i am this this is very much a it's on all fronts man like they use this riff a lot through the song same with like the vocal structure in the verses but it works so well it's like it's it's a matter of not overthinking something when it comes to the writing process on all fronts if you have a catchy part man 
throw that the fuck back in there. Who cares? You know what I mean? Change up the lyrics, change up the message a little bit like they do. But if a part works, it works, man. And when you throw a song together full of catchy parts that just work and it works through the whole song, you get a song like this, man. Like, yeah, it's it, it's an amazing fucking song. I, I think that's really all I have to say about it. Go give this one a listen. It's one of the ones I would highly recommend from this album. I think it was a single for a reason. I would rate this a double gas. Like, there's nothing there's nothing short of double gas in this song. Everything from the post-production to the songwriting to the riff to the fucking chorus, the verses, the bridge, everything in this song just works, and it works super well. And, yeah, it's, it's a tight song that just, it, it deserves all the attention that it's gotten. So, yeah, this, this song's a double gas. There's nothing left to say about it. And next, we are moving on to another one of my favorites, actually, uh, Aftermath. Now, this song is another example of why, sonically, this album works as well as it does for me. It's uh, it's a good example of something that a lot of people might not n- n- like know if you're just like kind of a, a listener, a fan. If you're not somebody that you know makes music yourself, oh god, again with the fucking burps, man. That's gonna be the theme of this episode. It's not gonna be like a phrase or something that I fucking throw out like last episodes, calling everything beautiful and triumphant. It's gonna be just me fucking burping, Jesus. Anyway, um, but anyway, as I was saying. Uh, with writing and song structure, when it comes to writing your vocals and the drums, you want your drum or the vocals to line up with the drum pattern a lot. Uh, it really makes certain sections pop, and it's why certain sections pop super hard in this song. Like the um, the way that the drums and the vocals play off of each other in the verse, it's really nice. And then especially you'll hear it very obviously at the end of the chorus. When he says, I am the aftermath, you'll hear the drums following the exact same pattern, the I am the aftermath, bam, like that. It's little things like that that really make makes parts work super well. There's a couple things I want to touch on really quick here. The verses are, again, just an example of taking something very catchy and using it. Um, so you, you're getting this, like, this very interesting kind of... It almost sounds like I, I always call it like a telephonic style, like where you literally hear like you're listening through something almost through a telephone stuff in the background going on with the post-production. And then I guess it's just called lo-fi. But you get this uh, this slam right into the verse, but it's very chilled out. It's very relaxed. Um, and yeah, man, it, it works as well as it does because of little things you know what i mean like i said the drums following the vocals or the the tone of the bass guitar here or like the post-production little things like that andy's delivery too is something that shouldn't be understated here it's it feels very defeated almost which i wonder if that's kind of part of what was the inspiration behind this album was this kind of feeling of defeat because again this album is as interesting and as new as it is and fresh it still feels you, you, there's this sense of dread throughout this album that I'm getting, man. I don't know where it was or what it was coming from, but it's just, yeah, it's as much as it is a great listen, man, emotionally, it's kind of another tough listen. Like even the lyrics and the chorus here, like even like, which is crazy, I guess I should point out because the lyrics aren't necessarily downtrodden. It's almost like they're trying to convince themselves of the things that they're saying more than they are us. Not in a bad way. It makes for a more emotional delivery. The chorus of this song is something I want to point out too. Because like I said, the verses are very chilled out, very pulled back. And then that fucking verse hits you. 
or the sorry, the chorus hits you right in the mouth again. It's so big. There's a lot of stuff going on, and it makes for a really interesting listening experience. Once again, the chorus is super catchy. I'll read through the lyrics here. I'm ready to breathe again. I'm beginning to catch my breath. I'm ready to dream again, surviving what left me for dead. I had to bleed to lose, find myself to prove I could feel love without you. I'm all that I have. I am the aftermath. It's very powerful, this chorus. I love it a lot. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that this wasn't one of the singles. Um, but, I mean, I guess it does kind of make sense. They were probably going for the stuff that really kind of fit. like, And they, they already had one that was kind of out there with the single so yeah i guess it makes sense why this one wasn't a single but it deserves to be because this song is catchy i feel like it's one people do not talk about like at fucking all in fact let me see here yeah it's one of the lowest no maybe not one of the lowest this album actually surprisingly did pretty good i'm looking at it right now like still millions of views and listens on every single song this one actually did pretty solid so you know what that's good good for fucking them and good for this song i guess what i mean by that is i don't hear enough people in my personal life talking about it that i think should because this song is a great example of a lot of little songwriting techniques that really make a song pop another thing that i want to point out here is during the second verse they could have very easily just done the exact same thing where it's this like very pulled down verse but they have this again dude they must have been really feeling those fucking um left and right pans on this album man because this song moves there's a part in the second verse there's a guitar part that starts in your left ear and slowly bleeds into the middle and then pulls all the way to the right side and then pulls it back again and it's such a like i mean i'm sure it wasn't i don't know how to fucking make parts like that when it comes to like the actual production side of things i i so like when i say it's a simple part a simple little touch that's kind of where i'm coming from with that but i'm sure it's complex enough to do on its own but it's a very simple touch that makes this song pop in little areas like that and even like you know coming in after the second chorus with this breakdown, like for me, what feels like out of nowhere just really gives this song another life. There's this anger there that maybe, at least for me, listening to it again, and I know this fucking song, I didn't like expect it. You know what I'm saying? Like it always kind of comes out of nowhere in the best way possible. It's great. It's uh, it's a good example of little tiny, maybe like microscopic transitions. You know, I've talked about transitions a lot and how they can really help your song. But when you throw something so minor in there that it just makes it work, but it's not something that you would pick up on and it drops into this really heavy part. It's, um, it really, really can make a certain section pop once again. And it did that exactly with this one right here. The breakdown something I want to talk about too, man, because I love the lyrics again, very simple, but uh, very powerful delivery here by Dave. He always fucking crushes it with that. I think it's it's partially his scream. It just feels so furious every time you fucking hear it, no matter what. He could be singing about the happy or screaming about the happiest shit in the world, but it just comes off so aggressive that you're like, shit, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's 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 got you so riled up, son? And the the lyrics, like I said, are just break my bones. You will see. You can't kill me. You can't kill me. And he repeats that one more time, and then it drops back down. But again, man, I can't understate this dude's delivery. I can't wait to see more of what this dude does in the future. He's one of my favorite vocalists to come out of this scene ever. And I think he needs more 
I don't know. I mean, he he did get a lot of appreciation, I think, while he was around in the band. But um, again, man, like he deserves so much more. This dude is so talented. Same with Andy. You know what I mean? I, I can't understate his delivery on this shit, too. Those verses work super well because of him. And same with the chorus. That's another thing, actually. The way that these two played off of each other in the recording process was really, really cool. You know, like I remember back in the day, these guys were fucking superstars to me. So hearing them bounce off of each other like that and come back and forth, whatever, like it was always so fucking exciting to hear. And this song doesn't disappoint in that the way that they play off of each other in the chorus, like the lyrics here are I'm ready to I think I've already said them, but like the line um, I'm ready to breathe again is Andy. And then it comes out the next line through Dave. Uh, I'm beginning to catch my breath and they play off of each other like that really well letting Andy shine in the first half of the chorus and then the second half of the chorus really is where Dave shines out with the I had to bleed to lose find myself to prove you know this part I've already said it but um, yeah this song is great I think it's a really 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 solid example of how well these two like played off of each other in the writing process it was always very fun to listen to and very energetic to listen to um and yeah, you know, as much as I was bummed, or as much as I love this new stuff, I think a part of me will always be a little bummed that we'll never get to see these two work with each other. Well, not never, but that we haven't gotten to see these two work together again, because they were fucking a force to be reckoned with together. Yeah, so this song, I would have to rate a double gas once the fuck again, because it's so, it's catchy. And it's different. Like, they've had softer songs like this in the past, but not like this. You know what I mean? I wouldn't even really consider this a softer song. But I, I guess I should say they've had more chilled out songs like this in the past, but never like this. Again, this whole album has this, like, kind of weird, almost cyclical kind of, like, what's what I'm looking for? I guess it really does just kind of feel like the album cover. It feels like a kaleidoscope. Like, it's just ever-changing, and you're getting all these different viewpoints of these these different songs and this different writing style and this and that it's just it's yeah this this is another example to me of why i love and loved this album so much um so yeah double guess i can't rate it anything less than that and yeah go give this one a listen especially if you're kind of again more hesitant with the um the genre at large of metalcore this one's a good kind of uh, kind of, I guess I would call it almost a predecessor to what we're kind of seeing now in the music scene, this octane core style of music, because it, this is where I feel like not with this band in specific, but this era of the metalcore scene is really when it kind of started and hearing it progress to where it has now is very interesting. I'm glad that it's getting the recognition that it deserves. And I hope this is an album that people kind of go back on or go back to and listen to again and kind of change their opinions on, because there's a lot of great fucking stuff here, man. There's a lot of great stuff. These last two songs especially have been solid examples of just how good this album can be. So yeah, that's that's my whole take on this song. Let's move on to the next one here. It was the other big single that they released around this time, and this one is called Hologram. Now this song, man, this is really Dave's song. Andy does a great job. Don't let me kind of let that slip through the gates here, but this is Dave's song, man. This, uh, he, he takes the chorus and kind of a switch up. I would say it's always been in the past. Dave has the verses being that he was mostly the screamer on their, uh, on their previous albums. And it, it's a good switch up. You get Andy taking the verses and you get Dave just nailing this fucking chorus, man. And it's, 
there's a reason I think why they picked this song to be the single again. It was it's the second biggest song off this album. I'm kind of surprised that this didn't end up being the smash breakout, but I mean to be fair, from my recollection of the the metal scene at that time, man, when bands did anything like this, when they switched up as 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 heavily as they do, it's not as widely appreciated, or at least it wasn't as widely appreciated as it is maybe nowadays. Um, which is kind of a bummer, man. This whole album really just kind of, I think personally, it makes me a little sad to think that this album wasn't as appreciated as it, sorry about that. My, uh, my whole system just crashed on me. Well, not the PC, but ugh, pro tools. So, uh, as I was saying that, um, it, it bums me out that this album maybe didn't get as much appreciation as it should have. Because like I've said, man, even though this album kind of starts, for me at least, not on the highest point with the first full song, it's songs like this that really make this album stand out for me, man. And I wish that it was more appreciated in its time. I feel like it should have done as big, if not bigger, than their first two albums. There's, it's a, it's a It's a nice change of pace for what we got. I feel like as much as people say, you know, like, this is something that actually really pisses me off a lot in the metal scene in particular, is like, oh, well, they're not as good as they used to be. You say that, and then the moment they backtrack and they go and do what they used to do, you shit all over them for that, too, you know? It's like, just, people are never happy, and to to knock on something like this, especially a song like this, because it's not what it used to be, is such a waste, man, because this, this fucking song is beautiful it really is it's for me the whole thing music video included feels like a big metaphor for probably what the life of touring feels like you know what I mean I've heard Andy talk about it but it's like you go on the road and you do all these things and your life kind of gets put on hold at least your life back at home you know like whatever it is your relationship everything because I mean you're gone you know what are you gonna do you know like you're on the road, but everybody's life at home is still moving. It's almost like the next time, like in the video, right? You're seeing this astronaut who is, he kind of slips through time and space. And when he comes back home, the person that he loves, or maybe I think it's in that case, it's his daughter, comes back and his daughter is ancient now, like just at the end of her life, really. And it's it's a big metaphor for like leaving and coming back too late, you know? And it's, yeah, man, Dave... I want to say this, Dave really murders it. You could tell that he was really, really feeling this song, man, in a lot of ways, not only in the chorus, but the verse that he gets, the second verse, this is kind of why I say it's his song. He's The majority of what we're hearing is from him, you know? Don't get me wrong, like I've said, Andy absolutely murders it, but Dave takes this song to the next fucking level, man. And this was the first one, I think, where we actually saw Dave... No, maybe they did it in the Zero video, but this was like very clearly shot, the band shots in this. It's very, you're not getting any kind of these glitchy effects that you were in the video for Zero. It's very straightforward. You're getting straightforward footage of Dave playing the guitar and singing this. And even in the performance in the music video, he's just, it's very obvious that he was just, you know, losing his mind. And just, it, it, it's a heavy fucking song, man. Uh, I would say parts both instrumentally, like the second verse, and just lyrically. And yeah, so I, I kind of want to go over a few of the lyrics here just to kind of talk about it because this, yeah, this this fucking song, man, it's it's too good to to pass up an opportunity to sit and talk as long as I can about it. So it starts with "Through your eyes, I fight for gravity, a place to stand and a place to breathe. When the walls begin to shake and the home you thought you knew." Will you run? Will you stay? Will you choose? 
And Dave comes in in the chorus here. Do you know who I am? I'm so afraid you'll never understand that there's a part of me still lost out there. And I just want to know. And I just want to know. Yeah, I just want to know. Am I becoming a hologram? And I'm going to read through the second verse here because this is mostly Dave's verse. And I feel like it, it ties in really well with the chorus. Close your eyes from the darker side of things, a shade of gray hidden under sheets. That's his part of the verse. It's it's drawn out, very long, lengthy screams, but it's just it it feels so fucking emotional, man. This song, it's it's uh if you kind of really process lyrics the way that I do, and you you really kind of feel their delivery on this, this is a fucking a tough listen, man. Just because you really feel it. And I, I don't want to understate everything else that's going on in this song, too. The the riff, this little kind of clean, reverby guitar riff that goes on through the majority of the song, very catchy, works very well in the context of what this song is. And this is another example of that super sci-fi-like um, style that they were going for. Like, there's even another clip from another, like, sci-fi movie from back in the day on this as well. Um and it's from this movie from 1957, Plan 9 from Outer Space. And he says, hang on. Where, where is it? Uh, you will see in this incident, based on sworn testimony, can you prove it didn't happen, perhaps on your way home? Someone will pass you in the dark, and you will never know it, for they will be from outer space. It's just, it gives it this whole, like... I guess that's where the metaphor went with this album. You know, the metaphor with the first two albums was this, like, um, real-world shit being blown up into this, like, this two-sided war. You know what I mean? And this album, it's all about maybe a spaceman trying to make his way back home, you know? Uh, and it's just, it's it works super, super well, man, especially with the first half of this album. The second half, I don't want to say kind of gets away from it, but I still, like, to this day, man, that is the second time that Pro Tools has crapped out on me today. But um, what I was saying is that to this day, I haven't been able to really kind of decipher what the maybe the story of the second half of this album really kind of consists of. Maybe we'll get through that today. We'll see. Who knows? But, um, yeah, so... What I was saying essentially is that I, I, I'm i going to be honest, completely forgot what I was saying. So let's just move back to what I was saying about Dave, man. He really crushes this fucking song. This is his song, which it kind of bums me out. There's this video of them performing it live. It's it's on, I can't remember if it's Caliber TV or BV TV, but there's a live video. Go check it out, man. And it it almost makes it harder to like listen to seeing the look on Dave's face during this uh, the performance of this song. He just looks so out of it. Like, and I wonder if that has to do with part of why he's not with the group anymore or what. But like, it's a hard watch, man. Like, he just looks so dead inside, and you feel like the emotion that maybe led to that feeling on his recordings of this track, man. It's something that. I don't think I can understate here, man. He really fucking murders it with this goddamn song, dude. Like, there's so many parts in this song that are just super powerful, whether it's the chorus, the second verse, or the bridge, or, you know, like the intro even just grabs you. It's, you get this weird sort of noise starting off the song, and then you hear that guitar, the, the guitar riff that I was talking about that's repeated through a lot of this. And then it's just, 
yeah, man, this song is fucking gorgeous. I, I almost don't want to say anything more about it because I feel like it would just trivialize it too much. Like, this song, man, is something special. It's something that you need to experience for yourself. This is a song, again, like I was saying with Aftermath, that if you're not really well-versed in the metal scene and you're kind of looking for your intro to it, this is a good fucking song to do it with because it's you've got the little bit of heavy, but you've got enough of the singing that maybe it'll, you know, it'll pull the people who are a little more hesitant into it. This was a good fucking choice for a single. This was a an amazingly beautifully written song, and I, I can't understate that enough. I, I, I'm going to rate this a triple fucking guess, the first one of this album. Um, yeah, this this song is fucking gorgeous front to back, man. There's there's absolutely nothing more to say about it. Go give this song a listen and let me know what you guys think of it because yeah, this this is absolutely coming back to it. One of my favorites on the album. I had a bit of a hesitancy uh, listening to it a bunch when it first came out. I had this weird thing about like singles. I was a B side kid. So, like, anytime a single would come out, I wouldn't spend all that much time with it because I wanted to I wanted to enjoy the rest of the album. It was like, oh, okay, I hear the the single. Now I'm going to go spend the rest of my time on everything else and kind of pass over this. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad that I don't do that shit anymore because singles are singles for a reason, for a fucking reason, and this is exactly why. Because songs like this are just unbeatable. Again, it's another one in their catalog that I feel like just can't be understated. It's an amazing song, an amazing fucking song. So let's move on. Next, we have The Fear Is Real. Now, this type of song is something that we don't really see anymore in the metalcore scene, uh, but it was a huge thing to do back in the day. You'd have your intro track, and then you would have your mid-album kind of same style as the intro-ish, like it's another electronic types deal you know you've got like hiatus on stand up and scream or even on like um even on fucking the album that came out right before this by crown the empire uh the resistance you have like the wolves of paris you know it's this mid album track that kind of just does more of the storytelling and this song is fucking eerie now i know i've seen a video of andy talking about basically this song was written to kind of illustrate the feeling of kind of whether it's you know you're smoking weed or you're taking some sort of hallucinogenic drug um but basically it's when that you you do too much of that and you uh, you know a panic attack ensues and it works super well um i could imagine you know doing something like that you know whether it's a hallucinogen or just paranoia from weed and uh, just having a fucking meltdown, man. Like this, yeah, this song is eerie. Even the one vocal line that is in this song is fucking eerie. It says, when you open the door, time and space will follow you home. It's like, it's just, it's so fucking creepy, dude. Yeah, it's, I, I'm not going to have a whole, whole lot to say about this one. But what I will say is that while it might be this, you know, this actually might be a pretty short episode, but while it may be kind of a uh, something that maybe you're not expecting at this point in the album, it definitely deserves to be there. It's a very interesting musical piece. And uh, yeah, it, it builds and builds and builds to the ending. And it leads right into the next song, which I'll, I'll get to in a minute. But I, I do want to touch on, I don't know if the producer wrote this or if one of them wrote this, but this song, man fucking terrifying so kudos on whoever did that because they really did capture that vibe of just the paranoia and the panic that would come in a situation like that being somebody that's 
had experiences like that. It just, it feels exactly like that fucking mindset, man. It's, it's cool. It's fun. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, I think I'll just rate this one kind of a flat hit because it's, it's, there's not a lot going on, but there's a lot going on. If you know what I'm saying now, fuck that. This is a gas because it it does its job really, really well. It, It really delivers this kind of terrifying midpoint. And I guess it does kind of, um, it does do what these, um, mid album kind of break tracks used to do and kind of signify that there's going to be kind of this change in what you've heard so far and what's going to be coming after that because there is kind of a change not only or I guess not in the sense of like it's it's completely different again from the different music that we've already been getting these first five tracks or four tracks um but like tonally I guess there's there's more of a a shift so yeah, with that, I think it does its job pretty well. I'll rate it a guess. Yeah, a guess. I think that's fine. Cool. So next, we have the track Lucky Us. Let's get into it. Now, if we're sticking with the theme of sci-fi material, with like or sci-fi-inspired material with this album, then this song is definitely the, the event horizon or the alien of this soundtrack. It's very dirty. It, it feels quite literally like in the context of event horizon. like you opened a portal to fucking hell and it's just raining down on you all the fucking all the bad things you know and yeah that's that's the way this song feels it's gritty it's dirty it's not my favorite but it does have its place on this album for a reason uh it's um god what's the word i'm looking for here man if you've seen the music video for dethrone by bad omens that's how this song feels but on a sludgier level it's it's gross and thick and fucking just like it's it's like like all hell's broken loose and there's nothing you can do to stop it. You know, it's it's a it's a fucking it is a gnarly track, man. Let's let's get into the lyrics here. Are you hanging on my words tonight? Don't you get it? Don't you get it? Hold your breath and everything's just fine. Don't you get it? God and me can be alone if you waste away. Waste away. If there's a love that brings us home, it drowned today. And we'll get into the ver- or the chorus. We smile and grind our teeth away. Good luck forgetting all our names. Good God. Lucky us. Lucky us. Lucky us. And then the second verse I'll read. Uh, and other than that, I think it's pretty much the same thing through the whole. So yeah, we'll, we'll just read the second verse out. No one's hanging on our words tonight. Don't you get it? Don't you get it? You can try, but you won't change their minds. Don't you get it? Burned in the sun, afraid of what you'll become. You pay the price when you pray. You'll see. You'll see. Tell me who you want to be. Tell me what you want to see. And then it repeats the chorus two more times, and that's the end of the song. While this song is kind of a shorter track, it's a little more repetitive, too, which I think is kind of why it doesn't stick out for me. I, I've always felt this way, and I don't know why. It's it's another song that just kind of gets lost for me on this album. Um it's 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 still a solid song. Don't let me take that away from it. Um, like I said, it does it it earns its place on this album, especially coming after a song like "The Fear Is Real." Um, but yeah, it's just it's 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 evil, man. That's the best way I can describe it. Is it feels just like evil. Yeah, the chorus is catchy. Um, the we smile and grind our teeth away. The lyrics are just too just fucking dark, man. Like I I wish that I could pick their brains on what this song was about because. Not only have I not been able to figure it out, but like 
I just, I, I so desperately want to know, like, bro, what was going through your head when you wrote this? Because it's, yeah, it's just evil, man. Front to back. Instrumentally, too. I think that's the standout part of this for me is the instruments are so, like, sludgy. Like, the bass on this is just fucking nuts. The guitar tones are fucking crazy, too, man. The drums are pretty straightforward on this one. Um, but they, they carry that vibe, too. Just like, yeah, like you've slipped into the seventh circle of hell, man. It's just, it's it's gnarly, this song, man. It's a weird one. Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm fighting to figure out more to say about it. Because, like I said, while I have all these things to say about it, I... I this isn't my favorite. In fact, I think this might be one of my least favorites on this album. Um, there, there, yeah, I, I really don't know what else to say about it. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's one that I never really spent a whole lot of time with, but I can see people really enjoying this just because of the vibe that it gives out. Cause it really does feel so just fucking sick. It's, it's a good album though, but yeah, uh, or a good song, pardon me. But it, 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 yeah, it's just not one that I pay too much attention to. So I think I'll just rate this one a flat, even a mid for me. This is one that I'll skip uh, if it comes down to it, unless I'm really kind of feeling like I want to sit here and kind of decipher the song and try to figure out what's going on there. But I still, to this day, have not been able to figure it out, man. It's just, yeah, it's dark. Go give this one a listen, um, especially if you're a Crown fan and you like this album. Let me know what you think, because I, uh, I'd, I'd love a different perspective on it. So yeah, uh, flat mid for this one, and let's move on to the next one, which is Weight of the World. Now this song, actually, I'm a little surprised to learn, was actually another single. Um, which is nuts, man. I would never have pegged this song as a single, but it's uh, it's a good one, don't get me wrong. It's not a bad song, but this one I could definitely see ruffling some fucking feathers as a single. It's funny, actually. I, I was looking up while I was listening to it, some... Um, some just like little information about or trying to find out what I could figure out about this song when it came out after figuring out that it was a single. And I actually have a comment here from Andy about what this song is about. It, it's uh, pretty self-explanatory, but he says everyone has something to say and an opinion to give. And then in quotes, thanks, Internet. Weight of the world is about living under the unblinking eyes and scrutiny of social media, whether you're in a band, a public figure or just a kid trying to belong it's about feeling the pressure of trying to please everyone all the time but only to not please everybody at all or anybody at all which is fair man and i think that's a poignant message to give when you're releasing a song like this as the band crown the empire because they've been this super aggressive metalcore band up to this point and to release this as a single i feel like people would have been p-i-s-t pissed at them for this man but it's a good fucking song. If I remember correctly, it was used in some sort of sports events or something. It was played for, I want to say it was soccer or football to my listeners who don't listen because I don't think I have anybody that listens from the UK or anywhere else the soccer's big. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great song, man. It's it's very catchy. It's very, uh, it's very rock, like radio rock. That's what this song is, man. And um, yeah, I want to go over some of the lyrics here because I think it's just it's so evident that that's what they were talking about. And I guess I never really put that together listening to it in the past. But you've been doing what you like, thinking that you're always right. You can hold your breath because I won't hold mine. You wouldn't care if it killed me. Misunderstood when you're guilty. Now you can bite your tongue because I won't bite mine. Let me hit the chorus. It's all so complicated the way we're built to break it. I think it's overrated. I'm sick. 
I'm sick. I'm sick of the weight of the world. And uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting. I, I agree with a lot of what's being said here. I, th- I think social media is, it can be a great thing, but I think it's been a pretty constant drain on not only, you know, people of celebrity, if you want to call it that, but just everybody. Like, friends of mine have straight up just deleted social media. I've always kind of wanted to do the same thing. Coming from somebody that's in an up-and-coming band and has this podcast, like, I've... I have completely neglected to do any sort of social media um, like promotion for this at all just because it can be such a fucking drag. I can only imagine being a band who, at this time, Crown the Empire was one of the biggest bands in our scene. And on their third album, doing something like this, I can only imagine the pressure that they must have been feeling from social media, you know? Like, it's gotta be fucking nuts. I couldn't fucking imagine it. I, I don't have any like part in the fame machine like i i've been a local band member for my entire career of course like don't get me wrong i would love to break out and be this you know star whatever the fuck you want to call it but i mean it hasn't happened yet so i couldn't fucking imagine how that feels but just even on like a local level trying to get to be to that big level i fuck man it is such a drain trying to do this whole social media thing i can only imagine somebody on there their level doing this but let's get back into the song here the verses are fun uh they're very you're you're seeing them kind of flaunt around with their vocal capabilities dave and uh, andy here while it's not the most complicated uh vocal parts in the world they're having a lot of fun with it you can tell that much it's the, it seems like this song was written from like having fun with something that might not be or i guess what i should say is that they were having fun with a really draining pressure on their lives, I'm sure, at this point, which was social media, especially back then when it was kind of, I don't want to say in its infancy, but like promotion on social media then wasn't like what it was today. And so it was a lot of just negativity. It was a lot of people commenting under their shit, talking about how much they hated it. So to see them kind of having fun with it in this way is fun. I love the chorus of this song. It's very, very, very catchy. The instrumentals are super fun too. Like I said, this is just a straight up radio rock song, which... It fits in with what all of these bands at this point have been doing. Whether you look at like Of Mice and Men around this time or God, man, who else? I think Bring Me the Horizon had just released Throne too. Uh, or That's the Spirit, sorry. Which was uh, their kind of venture after Sepaternal into the radio rock world. So like it was, it was par for the course for what we were getting out of these metal bands. And man, do I remember. There's a couple like parts of this kind of history of our scene that I remember seeing people just like shit all over and then come around to loving one of them was when um falling in reverse dropped the song alone people fucking hated it at first they hated they they were like why is he rapping in a metalcore song blah 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 it was very segregated back in the day it was very much like you know metalcore does what metalcore does and every other genre stays in their lane nobody you know like get away from what we're doing here it was very restrictive so that was one and then the second one was when all of the big bands started moving forward with their genres and changing stuff up. And that was there was such a fucking uproar. I think it's honestly part of what kind of killed this scene a little bit was the I would honestly say it has to do with the fan base. I mean, I get it. You know, as a listener, you're entitled to say what you do and do not like. Don't let me take that away from you here. It's your opinion. You're allowed to have it. But I mean, 
fuck, we all were so negative with shit like this. And I don't get why. This is a good fucking song, man. Like, same with all the other things that people got up in arms about. It was all great shit. I think we just weren't ready to hear it. Because if stuff like this came out today, we'd be lifting them on our fucking shoulders. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Falling in a Verse, for instance. They've never been bigger than they are today for doing exactly what everybody hated them doing in the first place when songs like Alone came out. When that song came out, people were losing their fucking minds. Now songs like Popular Monster and Watch the World Burn are some of the biggest songs to like explode out of our scene right now. Popular Monster, I think I read, was on the, it was the number one on the rock radio charts for fucking like 56 weeks or something crazy like that. Like over a fucking year, it was request, the most requested song. Like, it's crazy to see how shit shifts, and I, like I said, I hope people come back to this album and give it another chance. Not only that, but Sudden Sky and Dogma, because it really follows in this vein. Like I said with Sudden Sky, it's kind of like the grown-up, or it's like retrograde grew up a little bit, you know? Like, I I just, I'm, I'm glad to see people coming around to this more and more. I think it's it's necessary, you know? We don't... We don't have to shit on new things all the time. We can just let things be what they are. If you don't like it, you don't like it, but I mean... I have a feeling that it's a lot of that negativity that drives people away from our scene in the first place. You know, we should be opening this shit up with open arms. You see, you look at, I'm getting way off topic from the song here, but I think this is fine. But like when, uh, when Bring Me the Horizon did that song with Youngblood or Machine Gun Kelly, which I mean, I know I've said in the past, I'm not the biggest fan of, but him releasing these pop punk songs and like Lil Uzi Vert having straight up metal songs on his fucking brand new album, like we should be welcoming that shit with open arms. Like, yeah, bro, do whatever the fuck you want. Bring attention back over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's this sense of where we're, I guess we operate with this sense of famine almost. It's like there's not enough room here for everybody to stand on their own two feet. But with the this is where the good of social media comes in, bro. There's enough room and enough space for all of us. We should be operating with an abundance or within a sense of abundance, you know what I'm saying? There's enough room for everybody to really carve out their section of of this world, you know? Like, it's, yeah, I, and this, I really don't get what the beef would have been with this song, but I mean, to be fair, I think it's, let me let me look at the numbers here on Spotify. I mean, it's it's not the lowest on this album. I think the lowest ones are the the intro track, and then the fear is real and lucky us. This one picks up at 3,418,273 streams. And that's just on Spotify. This song did relatively well. Like, but I I do remember seeing the hatred for songs like this, man. And I do not get why. It's catchy. It's fun. Like, we can have fun too sometimes. You know what I'm saying? We can release these radio rock songs, whatever. Who gives a shit, you know? It's a good song. Just indulge in that live in that live in the fact that we've got bands like crown the empire that can branch out and do these new things and come out with songs like this that you know if you're a fan or even like listening when the fallout came out you would have never imagined they would have broken the genre so much like this bro but like they did it and they did it well let's just fucking enjoy that you know what i'm saying so Let's get back to kind of the um, the the instrumental content here. It's very jumpy. Like it, it's it's very um, 
what's the word? It's a yeah, it's just fun. You know what I mean? Like if they played this live at a show, the whole crowd I feel like would just be jumping and having the time of their fucking lives. Like this is a have fun song, which is crazy for the you know like what the the song is actually about to have it kind of take on this new fun life. I gotta imagine is a huge, 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 huge like. Uh, feeling of accomplishment for the band because this song's fucking great man it's a lot a lot a lot of fun i i don't really know what else to say about it man go give this one a listen especially if you are not a typical fan of this scene go give this song a fucking another listen man it's so good it's catchy it's fun it's just a good old time sing-along radio rock song you know what i'm saying go give this one some more attention i'm gonna rate it and then we're gonna move on to the next one here but this song, I would rate a double guess. This is a good one. It's a good radio song. It deserves more attention than it's gotten, for sure. But, um, yeah, I love this song, and I've got nothing else to say about it. So, Way to the World, double guess, kick-ass song. Go give it a listen. And next, we've got Signs of Life. This is another song that just, like, I feel like it deserves more attention than it got. But to be fair, like I was saying when I was looking over the numbers of this in the first place, a lot of this album did pretty solid. There's not a single song on here that has less than a million streams. In fact, this one has two million streams, which is fucking awesome. Like, good for them, especially for doing something so different to have something that successful. Fucking killer. But with this song in particular, I guess this is really kind of the shift. It, or I guess this is with... Um, Weight of the World and, you know, from the Fear is Real, I guess I should say, onto the rest of this album. There's such a shift, and it feels like they're just, like, lost. Not, I'm not saying that this is, like, a disjointed ending to the album or whatever, but it's it's very obvious that they were just going fucking through it at this point, man. Like, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's an emotional listen. Like, it really, really, really is. I've actually kind of looked up just what the meaning of the song is, and... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it to you. This guy kind of put it together better than I could. Um, Signs of Life by Crown the Empire explores themes of feeling lost, searching for purpose, and yearning for connection. The lyrics depict a sense of isolation and disillusionment with the world, which is exactly what this feels like, you know? Like, I'd imagine that by this point in their careers, there's probably a lot of, you know, like, curtains being pulled back, this and that. Like, I know being a kid, because I think they were, like, I think Andy wasn't even 18 when the band got signed and they started going out on the road. But it's like the reality of this world has set in for them, the world that they, they, they wanted for themselves. You know, it's, uh, and it's, it's maybe, you know, it's a be careful what you wish for kind of thing, but it's, it's a, um, it, it expresses such a feeling of emptiness, you know, like they're, they're longing to break free from the, like the, uh, the confines, I guess I could say, of their own limitations and regain a sense of direction. The line, I can feel the world outside under my skin. It just has such this, like, this sense of a deep longing, I guess, to be, to be part of something greater and to experience life to its fullest. I'll read more of this, uh, this article I pulled up real quick. The chorus reveals the protagonist's plea for a sign of life and a connection. They feel close to finding what they're see- seeking, but it remains elusive. The repeated question, is anybody there? Does anybody care? Displays their desperate need for validation and affirmation. They want to know if there's anyone out there who understands or just acknowledges their existence, um, to paraphrase what they're saying there. And I think that's a good way of putting it. You know, This song feels very, like I said, just lost. Like they're just, they're feeling very alone in the world, which... 
God, man, like especially in a situation like that, that's got to be such a tough feeling because they really are at this point in their career, right, with like the fallout being one of the biggest albums to ever come out in our scene. And then the resistance catapulting them to even fucking greater heights, man. Like by the time Retrograde came out, you're really getting this like stripped down look inside of the band and their feelings and the way that they are expressing themselves. And it's it's a dark look in, you know, it's a, it's a like I was saying, a peek behind the curtains almost. And it's it's a tough listen, but it's great. You know, like when when the second verse kicks back in, I guess I should read some of these lyrics here, huh? Let's let's read the lyrics. We'll start with the first verse. I fill these bones with hollow promises. I can feel the world outside under my skin. And all these walls are slowly caving in. I would climb if I could find my way again. It feels so close, yet so far gone. It feels so close, but still... The chorus hits. I'm looking for a sign of life behind the sky. Is anybody there? Does anybody care? A sign of life to redefine. Is anybody there? Because I just need a sign of life. And I'll read through the second verse because that's what we're about to discuss. Can I go on a loss without a trace? Am I afraid to hold the light and lead the way? I may be wrong, another face without a name, but I'm alive and I can see I'm not the same. And then the pre-chorus hits again, chorus hits again. So, um... What you're seeing with the second verse, it's they're they're continuing to explore that inner struggle, you know, like they're asking the questions. Am I afraid to lead the light? Am I afraid to do this? Like, am I afraid to basically do this for myself? You know, it's it's there. There's such a like, what am I trying to say here, man? They're they have such a lack of identity, a lack of purpose is what it sounds like they're trying to say here. You know, um, and at the same point, there's almost like that, that glimpse of hope in the line, but I'm alive and I can see I'm not the same. You know, it's almost like you're, you're still growing, you're still changing, but there's, there's still this like just loss and this sense of, God, what's the word I'm looking for? A sense of a lack of purpose here. You know what I mean? They're really struggling with their place in the world which is something i mean we all go through at one point or another i think that's why probably this song did as well as it did because people really reacted well with the message because it 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 really is man it's such a fucking like it's such a palpable feeling the idea of wanting to find your place within this world and wanting to find somebody to share it with it's a cliche you know what i mean but it's like I've said before, cliches are cliches for a reason, man. It's in our fucking nature to want to have a purpose and have somebody to to love, you know, and feel like you're loved and to feel like somebody acknowledges the fact that you're there and that you're alive and that you have worth, you know, it's and it's yeah, it's this song is very interesting. It's a very again, these last three songs do this very well, but it's very how do I describe what they're doing? Like, it's it's very pulled back. It's a very interesting change of pace for how they've ended their past albums. On the past albums, the last songs are usually this big, theatrical, sweeping story. And here, it's almost like we're reaching this point where the band is just broken. You know, these last three songs are very stripped down, very pulled back. And uh, I guess Kaleidoscope kind of pulls it back up. But with these two songs in particular, to end the album with songs like this... I think it's a very powerful statement. It's a very powerful statement about what they were feeling at this time and 
yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they were comfortable enough to put that shit on a paper because you get songs like this out of it, songs like Sign of, Signs of Life. It's, it's a very, very beautiful but very broken song. So yeah, I would I would rate this a triple gas. It is one of the B-sides that I still absolutely to this day adore. I love this fucking song so goddamn much. Just for the simpli- the simplicity in its delivery of his message. It's a fucking killer song. So yeah, let's let's move on to the next one. Next, we have the song Oxygen. This song is again just very interesting man it it calls back to the the sci-fi roots of this you know like i i just read an article while i was listening to this song that says that basically the way that they wrote this album was they would watch 2001 a space odyssey which i can't believe i haven't brought that up yet that's the one movie that they really referenced a lot in the promotional and like interview content of this album cycle but they would put it on mute and they would just write songs to go with the scenes of this movie. And this one really does feel like a movie soundtrack with vocals on top of it. You know, it's this song with all these like, uh, with all these like layered synths and everything, this song really just floats up in space. You know, it's, it captures the feeling of finally getting what you need. You know, the, the, the feelings that they were talking about in signs of life, which I I did say that they're ending the album on kind of a down note. I guess they're not to be completely fair. The the vibe of this song still does feel kind of it it I wouldn't say downtrodden actually you know I think I was just wrong in my assessment there because this feels very alive almost like the lyrics you you know I'm so high again off your oxygen it's very clear that they found what they needed the things that they were describing in signs of life this song works very very well for me um, for. A million reasons, one of which is just, again, how simplistic and easygoing the um, the, the vocal parts in this are. There, there's not even really a, uh, a chorus in this song. The chorus is just kind of these chanty woes that are going on. But let's, let's run through some of the lyrics here, because I think there's some of the more interesting lyrics on this album. The chemicals, I think they're telling us we're not alone. The molecules, they're taking shape until we let them go. Breathe you in, breathe you out when it's all too much. Breathe you in, breathe you out. You're my one true drug. I can hardly wait to float above the angels. I'm high again off your oxygen. Calling in the dark, you've pulled me through the stars. I'm so high again off your oxygen. And then that chorus hits, and it comes back in with the second verse. There's something changing inside the way I see. The air I thought that I needed is just a memory. So captivated inside a world we dream. And then it repeats that pre-chorus again. And then it repeats the pre-chorus pretty much through the rest of the song. Which you think might get boring, but this song does the complete opposite, actually. It's very... It's it's a very intelligent song, in my opinion. It's There's a lot of different things that we haven't really seen that they've kind of done in certain areas here throughout the album but with like sample loops you know you're getting these drum loops these guitar loops these weird little synthy kind of post-production pieces in the background that really give the feeling of you know like something as simple as falling in love or just really finding your place in the world and leading with that and living with purpose again this song while it may be it is actually i think the longest on this album let me let me take a quick look 
yeah, this is the longest song on this album, which is, it's crazy because it feels the shortest, honestly. This song feels like it's over like that, but it's it, it doesn't leave you feeling empty. It leaves you feeling full and rich. And yeah, I, I can't explain this well enough, I feel like, because this, this is something that... It's something that needs to be experienced, I think. It's a very interesting... Again, as much as they've changed their style throughout this album, this song really, really is different for them at this point in time. And I think in a good way, you know? It's it's a fucking kick-ass song that is so chilled out and relaxed almost. It's something you could just sit around and vibe out to. But it's such a beautiful, beautiful song, too, within the lyric content, the delivery of not only Dave, who I've kind of shined his or sang his praises on a lot in this album, but with Andy especially, you know, he always has been such a killer vocalist. And this song really lets him shine in that and kind of his lower range. His voice is very angelic, I want to say, you know, when he lets it be. And this is a good example of that for both of them. You're getting this kind of floaty, heady, but also grounded song out of both of them. And the delivery is perfect. I don't really know if there's much to say about the rest of the instrumentalists when it comes to this song, because I believe this song is mostly just post-production is sample loops. I mean, I'm sure that they had something to do with the writing process of this song, so don't get me wrong. Whoever did, by the way, what a beautiful... What am I fucking saying here? Literally, there's a really incredible guitar riff that really pulls this song all together. I'm an idiot for fucking forgetting this. But it, it starts off the song, and you're getting this very... Again, it it's such... They take such an interesting approach to writing on this album i don't know how they really were able to nail it so hard the 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 theme that they were kind of going for through this album where even the guitar parts feel like they're coming from outer space you know what i mean like it's yeah so i'm i'm fucking dumb for saying that they didn't have a huge part in this uh because they definitely do you know there's there's good little tom and bass heavy guitar part or drum parts pardon me with these nice little guitar pieces that come in and come out and there are these loops that come in it just it's a very well structured song and it it feels theatrical in scale again but on a completely different note so yeah not only did I not know what the fuck I was talking about when I was talking about signs of life I also don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to this song so uh but I uh I really do like this song I think it's a standout on this album and like I said man good for them for being able to make songs like this and have them have over like 2 million streams, you know what I'm saying? Like really fucking good for them, man. Good for fucking them because I could see songs like these not going over as well. And they did it. They fucking nailed it. So good on them. I think I'm going to end my review of this song here. I'm going to say that this one is a a double gas. It, uh, nah, I'm just say, I'm going to I'm going to come up with something new for this. I would say an outer space gas. That was trash. That was fucking trash. Whatever. Fuck it. It's a double gas. I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, this song is killer. Another one I think you guys should go give a listen to. This album is coming to a close here uh, with the very last song that we are going to get into right now. But before we do that, I want to sing this song's praises one more time. Go give it a listen. It's well worth it. It might not be what you're expecting, but it's... uh, it's worth the listen. It's a very beautifully constructed song. So yeah, let's let's get on to the last song of the album here with the closing track to the album Retrograde.
Kaleidoscope. So breaking fucking news, dude. I just was, while listening to the song Kaleidoscope, I was reading a review of this album just to kind of get more of an idea of how people felt about it. And I found that there are two songs on certain releases, which is crazy. I bought this song on CD and apparently had one of the versions with two extra fucking hidden tracks and just never knew it. So there are two more songs after this that we are going to get into. But let's talk about Kaleidoscope for a minute. This song is the catharsis that this album needs. This is the perfect ending to this movie. If this is really like, you know, the, I've talked about them writing to the, these great sci-fi movie epics. This is the end of the movie. And it's it's a movie that like when you when you watch it, you're like, cool, that's done. I don't need to worry about that anymore. It's it's over. I don't need anything more. They gave me the perfect ending. And this is probably my absolute favorite song on this album. You know, you've got your zero, you've got hologram, you've got oxygen, signs of life, but kaleidoscope really it hit me when I needed to be hit by a song like this. Because I I remember when because I spent the rest of, you know, the year that I graduated high school and the the year after that really kind of just in this weird place where I I still felt like you know nothing could hurt me but inside I was also lost you know what I mean and I I didn't know what to do with the the life I was living at that point I didn't know how to get out of it so hearing a song like this you hear lyrics like before you go I think you should know the world is your kaleidoscope really really just fucking brought it home to me that, oh, I can really do what I want to with this life. And before I get too deep into the lyrics, I want to touch on the... Oh, goodness, I got the hiccups. Sorry. Uh, but I want to touch on the instrumentals here. Very, very cool, man. It's... Uh, I don't know how to explain it, man, but this is the... This is the perfect example of the new Crown the Empire at the time. You know what I mean? Like, if there was one song I could show you to really kind of talk about how great this new Crown the Empire could be, this would be the song that I would show you because it's so perfect. Like, you're still getting Andy and Dave playing off of each other at this point, and you're still getting this new sci-fi, spacey, kind of ethereal feeling through the the song, but it also is so grounded with some of the parts of the song specifically the chorus the second verse and the uh i guess the post chorus i would call it where you're getting these chants again from them but it's it's just god damn yeah i fucking love this song i really can't sing its praises enough it starts with this uh i think it's guitar this guitar riff and you're getting this pulled down like he's right up on the mic and he's singing as quietly as possible and he says Say hello to the night, let order and chaos fill your eyes. Brave the fear in your mind, walk into the afterlife. And then this really cool fucking, I think it's an 808 hits, and you're getting this like ele- like digital sounding choir singing that word afterlife over and over and over again. And it hits with that chorus, dude. There's this nice fucking, um, what is the word I'm looking for here? Like, um scratchy kind of guitar that leads right into the chorus dude and it's yeah this song is big in scale it was the perfect way to close out this album man well i guess not because there are two more songs that i've never heard I'm, I'm like i'm really excited to go and listen to these songs for the first time and give you guys my opinions because it's yeah this this song like even if this song was the last one from one of my favorite eras of this band at the time i was happy with it because this song left me feeling perfectly content perfectly fucking content this album 
to this point has been just so amazing. Don't get me wrong. There's been its slow points, the points where it loses me, but it comes and it grabs me just as quick. And this song is the perfect example of that. This is, as, as of the, the regular release of this album... This is my absolute favorite song on this fucking album because it it really does take everything that this album has touched on and just like it gives you legs to stand on. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it carries that rebellion flag in such a proud way instead of having to fight for your freedom like they have been on these past two albums they're they're just letting go and they're living the life that they want to live and that's so beautiful it's a beautiful way to end the 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 trilogy at this point you know like yeah this if this album was their last it would have been a perfect ending you know it, it don't get me wrong i'm so happy to have albums like sudden sky and dogma but if this they called it quits after this I know for a fact I wouldn't have been mad. I would have been upset, don't get me wrong. They were, and still are, my favorite band. But, like, yeah, I would have been completely bummed now that I'm thinking about it if they broke up. But, in retrospect, I would have been in retrograde. No, I'm kidding. In retrospect, I would have been happy with it because what a, what a way to end an album with this song. It's perfect. Go give this song a listen. I want to talk about some more of the lyrics here. We'll go into the chorus. The colors fly like gold in my hands. With open eyes, I'm starting again. Before you go, I think you should know the world is your kaleidoscope. What a beautiful chorus, man. What a beautiful, uplifting chorus. For a genre that the public opinion of it is that we're all just sad and down all the time. What an uplifting fucking chorus. Let's get into the second verse. Break the sequence of hate. There's nowhere but up to go, so follow close and you'll see the dawn of an age where pillars have turned to stone and martyrs paved the way. Again, man, just so powerful here. It just like, as much as I do love Sudden Sky and Dogma, it makes me sad that we'll never hear Dave and Andy playing off of each other like this again. Because it's just, it's... This was perfect. This song was fucking perfect. I have I have nothing more to say about that aspect of this song. This is amazing. It goes into the chorus again. And then you get this last little bit of the song. And it, it drops back down to as low as it was in the beginning. And he says again, Say hello to the night. Let order and chaos fill your your eyes. It's just, it's such a, it's such a gorgeous, powerful way to end this album. And yeah, I I don't have anything more to say about this song, man. This is my standout, 100% number one favorite song from this fucking album. And like I said, good for them for being able to get even just 2 million compared to, you know, like you have zero with 12 million, which I believe this song deserves too. Like, but good for them. Good for them to be able to do this, man, because this is something else. This song is such an experience, man. It is a perfect way to end this album. It's, it's, a, it's a broke my scale gas I can't rate it anything but that. So yeah, I was going to say this is the end, but let's fucking get right into, uh, what was it? What was the name of the song? For Days is the first one, and then we have the one after that, Mercury. But let's get into Four Days. So I'm going to try to tackle both these songs at once, and oh my god, man, I cannot believe that I've never heard these fucking songs before. Like, I'm I'm legit blown away by both of these songs, man. I'm I'm bummed as fuck that these songs are not anywhere else besides just people's YouTube fucking channels, man. Thank you for um 
to Pad Bros is the name of the YouTube channel that I found both of the songs on if you want to go listen to them yourselves. But holy shit, man. Like, let's start with For Days. For Days is like Retrograde's version of Lead Me Out of the Dark. I, I, if anybody knows Crown the Empire, I'm sure you know that song. It was a, it was their like softer song on the first one. But it's it's this gorgeous, spacey, sci-fi-y kind of track where you're getting literally just Andy by himself. Some of the lyrics here I'll read, they're all very repetitive, but it it it's so beautiful, man. Like so when you find what you love, let it go. And he repeats that. When you find what you love, let it go. And then this vocal melody that he uses here gets repeated a bunch through the song for good reason. It's very, very catchy. And it's very it just it works super well in context of this song when he sings don't wait, don't wait. It's this falsetto kind of long drawn out note and you're getting all of these like just, I, I don't want to call them synths. They're not really synths. It's more just like orchestral kind of instruments going on the whole time. And then you hit the next part of the verse. When you're lost in the tide, then you know you can swim, but you're not going to know the way, the way. You hit the chorus. All this time I just smiled, held my fist and closed my eyes. Told myself we'd be just fine. Caught in a haze of blurry lines for days, for days. And already, man, I was struck by just how beautiful this song is and how blown away I am that this wasn't on the actual fucking album. Both of these goddamn songs, man. Like, I don't know what Rise Records was thinking, not allowing these songs to be put on or not allowing these songs to be put out because these are fucking amazing songs. Maybe there will be hope for it in the future because there's um, there's just recently today actually one of my favorite songs we talked about it in the first episode of this podcast on american tragedy was this song called street dreams which was only released in certain areas of the world whatever it just got released on spotify today like i hope we get that treatment for these songs because both of them really belong there like yeah these songs should have been on the album in the first place man let's get into the second verse do we find who we are in the cold do we fight when there's no one to love there's a calm in your eyes when you know that you're floating above the unknown. And it, again, man, yeah, this song is gorgeous. I'm not going to have too much to say about these because literally these are the first times I've heard both of these songs. So I'm going to I'm gonna end the discussion there by just saying what a beautiful fucking song. And this song I'm going to spend a lot more time with because I, I am completely blown away that I've never heard or even heard of these songs before. Especially considering I owned the Target release of this album that I was supposed to have these two songs on and I just never fucking heard them. I'm completely blown away. Anyway, let's move on next to Mercury. Mercury is an, a heavier song, I guess. Um, whereas with Four Days, you didn't hear Dave at all. With this one, you're hearing Dave a lot more. And it's great, man. The chorus of this song's killer. The breakdown is killer. Like, I'm just blown away again that I've never heard these songs before, man. So many interesting riffs. I believe that it was Dave, Escamilla, and Brandon... Hoover that wrote a lot of this album and my god man what an amazing fucking job that they did because songs like this like really deserve to be heard let's get into the lyrics here it's never too late it's never too late to let go of all that you know you're never the same when you find the highs and the lows of uh, the lows sorry a lonely reminder a lonelier message it'll swallow you whole then we hit the chorus i'm not okay 
I'm not okay this time. I'm going to break. I'm going to break tonight. No one can see the world I see. The ground below me starts to say, sing. Sorry. No one can see the world I see. I'm not okay anyway. This song has like almost a 30 seconds to Mars kind of vibe to it. Um, but my God, man, I wish that this song would have been on the release and I wish I would have been able to spend more time with it. Like I said, I'm not going to have more to say here, but like what a chorus, dude. What a chorus to this song. It's really cool to see Andy and Dave play with each other on this song in the ways that they do because it just it it works so well, you know. Like I said, I'm bummed we'll never hear that again, but god, hearing little gems like this that I never knew were there is just so exciting. This song isn't as heavy as say Zero. It's in a heavier vein. I would put it like if if Hologram and Zero had a baby, this is the song that comes out of it. But both these songs just have such an edge to them, man. Fuck. Yeah, I really cannot believe that I've never heard of these songs before. I didn't even know they existed. It blows my fucking mind. Go look up both these songs and give these ones a listen, man, because, yeah, like, especially Mercury. I think Mercury is my favorite out of the two. Um, What a fucking song, man. What a fucking song, dude. This, it really just, compl- it's like the after credit scenes at a Marvel movie. It's just getting to see these. You're like, oh, shit, like... You know, like, oh, look at that. Look at this. It's just, it's it's so cool, man. I, I don't, I unfortunately, since this was my first time with these songs, I don't have much more to say. But these are fucking bangers, man. Like, I would rate Four Days an emotional gas hit, and I would rate this one just a triple gas, man. What a way to close out this shit. And there's this nice little instrumental piece that closes out the actual end of the song. It ends up being, for Mercury, I'm talking. Mercury is a, um, a four minute and 27 second song. And it is, it, it's just, it's, it's so good, man. And then this little piece that closes out the, the album just gives you that, again, that sci-fi feel. But it's like, it's like literally watching the end credits. You know what I'm saying? You're getting the songs to play on the end credits. And it's, it's just gorgeous, dude. The way that it ends is just, oh, God. I'm listening to it again right now just to kind of get a feeling for the ending of this. But it, it would have just made me so happy to hear these songs on the end of that album as Secret Tracks. That's one of the things about music I love the most. Like uh, with Slipknot, they had uh, Eeyore and this other track. I can't remember what the name of it is. I'm going to have to look that up real quick. But yeah, I guess I couldn't find the name of it. It's basically just like you get to the end of that album, which is just the self-titled Slipknot album. And there's nothing for like a solid seven minutes, dude. And then just out of nowhere, there's this audio track of them watching, I believe it was some sort of disgusting porn. And Chris Fane, it was his initiation into the band. He's vomiting all over the track, and they're just dropping funny one-liners and shit, and then the song Eeyore comes. But with this, man, I would have fucking loved to hear this shit, dude. I wish that I had a copy of this fucking album, dude. I unfortunately... I used to own just... Every album from every single band that I had loved, this was in 2016, and then uh, they all got sold out from under me, which is rather unfortunate. It's still, it, honestly, it still pisses me off to this day, bro. I had every Blackville Brides, Asking Alexandria, Crown the Empire, My Chemical Romance, every fucking album you could want, and I owned them. I owned the physical CDs, and they're just fucking gone. They're just fucking gone, man, and I'll, I'll never get them back, unfortunately. Well, I could, but I won't spend the time and money on doing that, but man... What a closer. What a fucking closer to this album with Mercury, man. I, I don't know if that's the actual track list, but that's the one I listened to last. And uh, God damn, man. Yeah, fucking Four Days in Mercury. Two songs I'd never heard before I finished up this podcast, and they 
they just slap, man. I am completely blown away by them. It's just, yeah, it was fucking amazing. So, yeah. With that, man, that uh, that's going to close out Retrograde. And I, I had a lot of fun going down memory lane and talking about this album again because, like I said, it really hit me when I needed to be hit, and I absolutely loved it from the start. While there are songs that I didn't like as much, there are just as many songs that I did love. This was such a branch out for the band that I was so excited to see. It really felt like growing up with my favorite band at the time you know like I, I i literally just graduated high school and in that shift one of my favorite bands if not my favorite band comes out with a fucking absolute banger of an album like retrograde it was so cool to see man and it just yeah it hit me right where i needed to be hit i would out of the three that i've ranked so far it would probably go sudden sky or no dogma sudden it would go in order probably dogma sudden sky and then this one but it's in my top three so far. We'll see where that stands at the end. I'll do a ranking of all five of their albums so far and where they sit. But what an album, man. What an experience. I'm really glad that I got to experience this album again. Fucking Pro Tools cutting out on me again. But like I was saying, I'm very glad I got to experience this album again for the podcast. And it's it's one of the ones I've been looking forward to the most. I really did love this album when it came out. And it still holds up for me to this day. It It just it holds such a place in my heart for many reasons but one and i think the most important one is that this is a special fucking album man you know i've i've talked about how much i really love crown the empire and how much i think that they really just don't miss with their albums they they always do such an amazing job and this is one of the best man this is one of the best albums of theirs i highly 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 recommend it man as an album as a whole i would give this a double guess there there are some parts that just kind of eh no I would say just a guess. I'm going to give it like a 9.5, uh, 9 out of 10. I'll take off the two of the point fives for um, the two songs that I just didn't really enjoy anymore. But other than that, man, yeah, this album is a special experience and it's one that I won't forget anytime soon. So, yeah, I, I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast, you know, over the past 13 episodes. It's, it's crazy that I've been able to, you know, I won't lie. There are episodes that... I just like I, I go to sit down and record and I'm just like I'm tired, whatever, but I always feel like I, I did a good job by the end and it's 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 good to be able to push myself to, instead of being a lazy piece of shit and actually getting these things done and having the people come and listen to them really, really just makes it all the work like all worth it. So thank you guys so much. Uh this has been the What's That Noise podcast and I will see you guys next week. And I've said this the past couple of weeks, but it will one hundred Oof, sorry, I burped again. 150%, it will be Carson Moyer, my drummer, and we will be doing the album The Good... Uh, what is it? Fuck. Of course, right at my intro, I completely forget what the fucking name of the goddamn album is. Uh, it is Why Don't We... That's the band, and the album is called The Good Times and the Bad One. That'll be your episode for next week. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to work on my sign-offs, so I guess I'll try it here. Uh yeah, thank you guys so much. Uh, I am out of here. What a shitty outro. Fuck it. All right, bye, guys.